the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Today's hot topic is the power of redemption. We are joined with a special guest today, Clark Crawford, as he shares his journey on being redeemed and transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back here on The Christian View. With everyone in the world with their own view. Ever wonder if God has a view? And, and that's what the show's all about. What's God's view versus our view? Topics that affect our daily life. Empowering and inspiring. Right. To develop a heart, a kingdom mindset, you know. Because God does have a view. Your host, Dr. Trudy Simmons. The Christian View. Hi, and welcome to The Christian View. I'm your host, Dr. Trudy. We take today's hot and challenging topics and weigh it against the Word of God because God does have a view, and He has a view for you. Today, we're going to talk about the transforming power of redemption, and I have an amazing guest with me today who's walked through that transformation power in his life, and he's here to share his story. Thank you so much, Clark Crawford, for being here today. Thank you, Thank you so Trudy. much. Honored to be here. It's great to have you. You know, I was looking, thinking about redemption, and it says that redemption changes everything. Redemption is buying something back. It gives you a sling plate, a second chance, and a do-over. And you've had that in your life, more or less, have you not? I have, many times. Yep. Well, let's start with your childhood okay. and what took place in your childhood. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, at the age of five, I uh, started going through mental, emotional, and physical abuse by my father. Right. And a couple years after that, um, I had two babysitters back-to-back sexually abused me. Right. And it messed me up. I can only imagine. Right. And um, so my dad was very verbally abusive, mm-hmm. and he whipped, whipped me pretty right. good. Verbal and, uh, abuse, though. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Verbal abuse causes so much damage, more than people realize. The words spoken over us, the negativity spoken over us, causes so much internal damage. It does, Dr. Trudy. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's worse. I mean, physical abuse is is horrible. horrible. Mm -hmm. But the words cut like a knife. Right. And uh, you never forget them. Mm -hmm. And so I was a sports star, they said, other people said. Right. And I played football, basketball, baseball. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember at the age of five, starting at five, all the way up through high school, if I struck out in baseball, I was humiliated in front of everybody. Uh, no, at the, at, at the field by your dad. At, at the field. Okay. And uh, he'd cuss me out if I struck out, and then he'd follow me to the dugout mm-hmm. and get on me. Uh, in football, if I threw an interception, I could hear my dad uh, cussing me out, humiliating me right. um, up in the stands. Mm-hmm. Same with basketball, if I missed free throw, right. got yelled at. Then when I got home, I had to throw the football for 30 minutes or shoot baskets for 30 minutes or swing a bat or take ground balls. And so that went on all the way up through high school. Wow. I tried to quit. He wouldn't let me quit. Right. And so then out of high school uh, in Dallas, Brian Adams, I went off with the Philadelphia Phillies trying mm-hmm. to uh, play pro baseball. Right. And I'd hurt my knee. And I was so grateful. Mm. And, oh. I didn't, and I didn't make it. Right. And uh, 
like I said, I was so grateful because I didn't have to go through the abuse. You just wanted anymore. to quit, right? I wanted to quit. Right. I tried to quit football. Right. I was a quarterback, and, and my dad wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. And so that went up all the way to my 18s, went off with the Phillies, came back, right. went to work. And um, so, uh, and then it just led, you know, the, the abuse led to covering up with alcohol. Right. Came in alcohol. At what age did that start? That started at uh, 19 years old. Okay. The alcohol. The alcohol. So what did any, what were your coping mechanisms when you were living at home, like age seven, eight, nine? Um, just cold sweats. I mean, there wasn't. I just mm-hmm. had to, I had to get through it. Right. You were just um, surviving. I was just which surviving. Which so many people do. They, but they, I was fighting and angry. Right. You know, and um, I still remember as a boy, you know, just uh, couldn't sleep, cold sweats, didn't do good in school. Right. I'd fight anybody anywhere. I, I was angry. I was mean. Right. And um, that went on for many years. And so then at 19, you started it with alcohol. Started, uh, started with alcohol and weed. Okay. And then where did it go from there? Led to uh, going to a bar at age 21 mm-hmm. and uh, hit a guy. Okay. The guy pushed the girl I was with. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody just handed me a drink. I hit him with the glass. Didn't know. Right. Cut his face wide open. He almost died. I'd had a murder charge. Oh, wow. Got put on probation. Mm-hmm. Thrown in jail. That was the first time of many. Right. And um, and then I went to, I got married. Okay. At what age were you married? 22. Okay. So young. Young. Mm-hmm. That lasted less than a year. It oh, was wow. annulled. Okay. And I ran off and I went and lived with some buddies. This was in, in Dallas. And uh, I was into bodybuilding, working out, right. steroids, and all these things. Mm-hmm. And turns out they were selling ecstasy. Oh, wow. Okay. I tried ecstasy, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was doing cocaine. Tried it. Loved it. Right. And um, I did that all the way up until I was 27 years old. Wow. Okay. And then God said, enough's enough. A friend you asked me to use my house for a drug deal. Mm-hmm. 10, sells 10,000 hits of ecstasy. Right. We were buying for 40,000 cash and uh, got set up by a guy from the gym. Really? Who turned out to be an informant. We right. thought he was a friend. He was working off a case. Mm-hmm. Set us up, got busted, went to jail, got out. The How long were you in jail that, that period? That time I was in for nine days okay. before my dad bonded me out. Okay. He let me. So you still had a relationship with your dad through the whole journey? I had a relationship with my dad all the way up until I got busted. Okay. I was out on bond for 18 months. Right. My dad had said I could never see one of my boys ever go to prison. Mm-hmm. Ten months into before I got bust, busted in uh, 1988. Right, okay. And then uh, my dad died in surgery. Oh, wow. Uh, in 1989, before I went, uh, before the judge, who had promised us 10 years deferred adjudicated probation. Right, right. My dad died. Okay. And I stood up before the judge first. I had a fall partner who I used my house mm-hmm. uh, for $5,000. In your 20s, $5,000 was a lot of money. It was a lot. It and is a lot of money, right. You're just going to come in my house? Yeah. I, I, you don't exchange? <laughs> right. Well... About 20, 30 DEA officers in Dallas knocked down the door and bust us. So I was out on bond. My dad dies. And so the judge, because the ecstasy was not real, 
uh, we could have beat a, a, a jury trial right, right. with a technicality. You know, we have to take a short break. This story okay. is so amazing. So hold on to that. We'll be right back with more here on The Christian View. Don't go away. Welcome back to The Christian View. We're talking today about the power of redemption. And I have with me Clark Crawford, and he is sharing his testimony, which is so powerful. Before we went to break, you were talking about how you had been bonded out of prison. So let's take off from there. Yes, ma'am. I was bonded out of jail. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad, during the time uh, before I went to, before the judge who had promised us 10 years deferred adjudicated probation. Right. Okay, we think we're getting probation. Mm-hmm. My dad died. Right. So I go before the judge, and I stand up first. My fall partner was second. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I'm getting 10 years deferred adjudicated probation. The judge says, Mr. Crawford, I sent you to the Texas Department of Corrections for a term of 20 years. Wow. Cuff him and put him in a holding cell. Wow. And then my fall partner got the same 20 mm-hmm. years. My dad had just died, all, and when I got sentenced, my mother and all the family was there. Mm-hmm. We all think I'm getting probation, right. and when he sentenced me, all I remember was my mother screaming mm. in the courtroom. I can't even imagine just, being a mom. Just a yeah. loud scream. Right. They put me in the holding cell, and I went to prison on a 20-year sentence. Wow. But back to my dad dying. Mm-hmm. He said, I could never see one of my boys ever go to prison. Right. And so when I did get sentenced, mm-hmm. I lived with such guilt. Right. I thought that God took my dad mm-hmm. because of me. Right. Absolutely. That torment. I'm sure that was just torment. I still think about it. Right. I'm free. Whom the sun sets free, I'm free. Amen. Absolutely. But I still think about mm-hmm. it. And I forgave my dad for all the abuse. I I usually start my testimony off by telling everybody I forgave my dad. I love my dad. My dad made it to heaven. Amen. And I know that he's there and he did to me what was done to him. And and it doesn't make it right. Right. But so many people that are abusers, they abuse because they were abused. That's all they know. That's That's all all they know. know. But what you said, you you forgave your dad. And there's so much forgiveness. I mean, there's so much power in forgiveness. So much freedom in forgiveness. And so that was probably one of the the best steps you could have taken was to forgive your dad. It was, yeah. and it took years. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, when my dad died, me and my mother, right. he horribly abused my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my mother passed, is no longer here, but right. uh, I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was happy when my dad was taken. Right. And um, it took many years mm-hmm. to forgive my dad. Yeah. But I know he's one of the great cloud of witnesses looking down, Amen. cheering me on. Amen. And I can't wait to get to heaven and see him. And see him. I think that is such a huge testimony because so many people are walking in unforgiveness because of the abuse done to them. And we did a whole segment before um, this show all about forgiving forward and how forgiving releases us and gives us so much freedom from the torment that unforgiveness puts on us. But you were, okay, so you were in prison. So what happened? When did you? When did your relationship with with Jesus finally become real and solid? In prison. Okay. I always said I'd kill myself before I ever went to prison. Right. Never say never. That's God right. God will allow you to go through things you said you <laughs> yeah. never could, just to show you that with Him, you can overcome Amen. anything. I went to prison. Yeah. It was my birthday, March 19, nineteen ninety. Okay. Me, God, and the Bible in a single cell. Right. 
I'd hit rock bottom. No, no mail. Mm-hmm. No nothing. I'd just gotten to prison, so the mail had been held up. Right. But God used the mail. God is supernatural God. He held the mail up. Amen. I fell on my knees, mm-hmm. and I remember as being a boy in church, how to repent of my sins, how to be saved, and I right. truly was born again in a prison cell. Amen. Amen. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was going to prison. Mm-hmm. Second greatest was forgiving all the people who hurt me. Right. Forgiving myself for mm-hmm. all my mistakes. Can't give away what you don't have. You've got to That's forgive right. yourself first. But I've forgiven everybody. I love my enemies. I love everybody, right. Dr. Trudy. I just, I just want to see people saved, right. healed, delivered. So to answer your question, it was in prison. Okay. But there's a big difference between being saved and being free. Mm-hmm. So share, share that. Share that with us. Well, I was saved in a prison cell. Right. And I got through. I had to go fight one time. God wouldn't let them hit me or me hit them. Right. Never touched. Got me through. Mm-hmm. In prison, I told God, you get me out in less than 18 months, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Right. Miracle after miracle. And I was on an aggravated farm mm-hmm. called Cofield, second hardest penitentiary in Texas. Okay. They said, you're nuts. Everybody there was aggravated. Murderers. Right. I mean, lifers. Yes. And they said, you ain't going to get out. I said, oh, watch. I told him. He got me down to 18 months and two days. Mm-hmm. It's a long story. Don't have time for right, that. Right. Got me down to 18 months, two mm-hmm. days. Remember, I said less than 18 minutes. Right. 18 months, That's, God. Yeah. They backdated those nine days of jail time. Remember my Did, dad yes. let me sit mm-hmm. in that, ja- uh, that jail? Mm-hmm. Purpose. Destiny. That's right. So I get out mm-hmm. on a furlough, which nobody got furloughs in those days. That was a miracle. Right. In Texas on drug charges. Mm-hmm. So I said 18 months, two days. They backdated the nine Amen. Nine days. You know, I got out 17 months, 23 days. It. My mother and grandmother picked me up in Huntsville. Amen. And I said, oh, my God. He answered my prayer. Yes, he did. Yeah, it's that scripture. God will cause all things to work together for your good, not some things. I, I even think about the mail being held. You know, that was, you know God's, God's orchestrating everything. And when we say yes to him and surrender to him, he is going to make every crooked path straight, which is what he's done in your life. Trudy. Dr. Trudy, you are so right. So, I was saying it's one thing to be free. Right. Uh, uh, one thing to be saved, another thing to be free. Right. I wasn't free. Mm-hmm. Two years later, an old friend, after I got out of prison, came back into my life. Right. I thought I was strong. Said, oh, you can, I was clean, not drinking, not drugging. And um, I went to a bar. And what happened at the bar? At the bar, I got drunk. Hit a curb on the way home, got okay. a DWI, put in jail, got put on probation, so I'm on parole and probation. Oh my goodness. We're gonna we're gonna come back to finish the rest of this story here in just a minute. Stay with us, we'll be right back. We're talking today about the redemption power of the Lord. And um, right before commercial, you just got right into a story about how you you were out of jail and then you got a DUI back in jail. So let's take off from there. I was put back in jail. They could have revoked my parole because I was on parole. Right. And uh, I ran. Got back on drugs. Mm -hmm. And um, they could have. Revoke my parole, right, sent me put back, you to, back prison. to prison. Right, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was out for about two months, running after I f- uh, flunked a UA on probation. Right. And I finally, I, I went back. I was doing cocaine and, and ecstasy and drinking. I was mm-hmm. out of my mind. And I finally called my mother and my oldest brother and said, "Hey, pick me up. Turn me. I had them right. drive me down to loose stare at jail in Dallas, and mm-hmm. I turned myself in." Okay. Instead of revoking parole, they sent me to a jail. 
it was a rehab, but it was a jail, right. real bars, mm-hmm. uh, in Houston, Texas. Now, remember, I was saved. Right. I'm in this jail cell, and I hit rock bottom again. Mm-hmm. And I was going to take my clothes and hang myself. Right. You weren't supposed to get mail. And I cried out one more time mm-hmm. to God. If you're real, God, you've got to show me. Right. Within 60 seconds, a card comes flying underneath my door. Amen. I open the card. I go over to this little, I was in solitary confinement. It's just a little old window. Right. And I open it up. It was the footprints in the sand card. And when I read, when you only see one set of footprints, mm-hmm. it's there that I was carrying you, Amen. Clark. Right. I fell on my knees on that steel bed, rededicated my life to Jesus mm-hmm. again. And he's real. Amen. I love him. He is real. He is a, real. And you've got to have a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And it took all these things. And then I ended up in another jail. Okay. Doing what in that jail? Well, this was in California. Okay. I moved, got married, uh-huh. moved to California, and was not a good marriage. And um, she took our children. Okay. Rightfully so. I was mentally emotional, mm-hmm. just like my dad. Right. And um, rightfully so. They were four and seven. Mm-hmm. She said, we're going to get ice cream. Never came back. Wow. What happened was a young girl, that's all I'll say, had told me someone touched her. Mm-hmm. And I went over, and I was going to beat him to death, probably. Right. Well, they called the cops. Had me thrown in a jail. They were going to let me out. Mm -hmm. They found a warrant for my arrest. This is all a setup. Right. This is all God. Yes. Okay? This was 14 years ago. Okay. They find a warrant, and the sheriff comes and gets me. I didn't know what the warrant was for. Later, I found out it was a business deal gone bad. Right. It was all God. I got a free airline ticket, American Airline, mm-hmm. from California to Texas. Got back. That's where I wrote the four books. Okay. Didn't see my children for two years, like they killed me. I, I could bet. have gone back to alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. or anything. I didn't. Right. Um, wrote the four books. Okay. And how I got here, which is the greatest thing other than my salvation, I was right. living in Dallas. I saw my ch- didn't see my children for two years. Mm-hmm. Over the next ten and a half year, oh, it's twelve and a half years. I saw him less than ten times. Wow! But God, that's where He really just made me like Christ. Mm-hmm. And so my ex-wife called me, and and said, "I've asked God to forgive me." Mm-hmm. For all my sins. Right. And she went through horrible abuse and had it just like mine. Right. Was, now she, was she a believer when y'all were married? She was. Okay. She was. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, I've asked God to forgive me for all my sin. And I thought that was a miracle. Right. Not for what she did to me. I mean, but uh, just her life. And she said, would you consider moving to Georgia? Right. Our children could use your support. Yes. That's huge. The supernatural grace of God. Twelve and a half years. Twelve and a half years. And I moved here. And me and my children, oh God. My daughter just turned 19. My son just turned 22. He's in the army. Right. And my daughter, when I saw her and my son, they just loved me. Mm -hmm. She said, Dad, we're going to praise God for the past, but we're starting where we're at. Right. 
Oh, that's good. That's and it wisdom. is so supernatural, Dr. Right. Trudy. Our relationship, it's as though we never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. She loves God, loves Jesus, my son. But restoration, the Amen. power of redemption, right. restoration. All things, like you said, work mm-hmm. together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. Mm-hmm. It says all things work together for good. The good, yes. the bad, and the ugly. That's right. And there's a scripture that I stand on, Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who's able to do yes. exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think, mm-hmm. according to what? The power right. that works in us. Amen. Amen. I think that is beautiful. I, I, this, how God just redeems. He brings back. He, he takes back. He redeems. He gives us a second chance. And I think your story offers hope to those who are struggling, who are thinking, I may not have a second chance. I've messed up too bad. I've gone too far. What would you, how would you offer hope to that? If someone comes to you and says, I've, I've, you don't know what I've done. I've gone too far the other way. I've run too far from God. I've hurt too many people. What would you say to that? I would say it's never too late. Greater the pain, the greater the purpose. Everything you've been through is for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's called a testimony. No test, no testimony. That's no right. mess, no message. My life is living proof that God goes after the weak. God is there. He uses people like fishermen, nobodies, to make them right. a somebody in Christ. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're at, I don't care if you're a prostitute, you're a homosexual, you're a drug addict, you're an alcoholic, you're a, a wife beater, child molester, God loves you. He's chasing you. It's no accident you're watching this show. That's right. There's an appointed time in our life. Mine was a prison cell and then two jail cells. God just loved me enough. Otherwise, I'd have been dead. God knows. And this is your day. This is your day. Amen. God's Amen. chasing you. And listen, uh, once, he for, once you repent of your sins and ask God for forgiveness and He saves you, you're a new creation. Amen. And all those things, old things are passed away. All things come new. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you've done. That's cast into the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't remember it. You don't need to remember That's it. Right. It's people that bring up your past. That ain't, uh, uh, you're forgiven. You're a new creation. Amen. All right, so let, let me ask you this question. So what if someone comes to you, Clark? What's my first step? How do I take that first step to freedom. How do I take that first step? So what would you say for someone trying to figure out how to take that first step? Whether they are, you know, a drug addict or they're struggling in homosexuality or they're struggling with abuse, what would you say this is the step I would encourage you to take next? Give your life to Jesus Christ first. Right. Get in a good Bible-believing church. Yes. Men especially, get you a mentor. Mm Mm-hmm. Get in a men's group or a youth group. Stay plugged in. Right. Get around believers. Mm -hmm. And really, number two probably is get the bad influences, the wrong people out of your life. Because you become who you hang around. That's right. You know, and I would add to that, we have to start believing the Word of God. We can read it all we want, but if we do not believe it in our hearts that what God says about us is true, then we're going to continue on those 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 negative patterns that we have in our life. We have to we have to choose to believe that we are the righteousness of Christ, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the Lord and we lack no good thing. Yes, ma'am. Don't you think? Uh, the Word changes everything. It does. It Jesus changes. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Amen. It it's changes. It's the Word of God that changes. <laughs> Amen. I so agree with you on that. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with a little bit more here on The Christian View. Don't go away. Hi, and welcome. 
Welcome back to The Christian View. We've had a great discussion today on the redemption power of the Lord. And I've had a great discussion with Clark Crawford. Thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure being with you today. Make sure you check out his ministry. He's written four books. He's an inspirational speaker, a motivational speaker, and he has a heart for the Lord. I want you to remember you're never too far gone for God's love for you. Know that he loves you. Know that he sees you and know that you're the apple of his eye. Take care. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.